on this week's show. Three wins out of three for Ebbsfleet United. We speak to Tuesday night's match winner, Luke O'Neill. We just want to win every game, going into every game, thinking we can win it and, and yeah, just see where it takes us. Making progress on and off the pitch, we hear from Wedding United chairman Paul Whitehead. You know, if we can just get, get around the mid-table, maybe the top half, which I think the squad could do and, and consolidate, and then let's, let's, have a look, let's have a look at next season. Because obviously we've got big, big plans for the club. And a perfect start in the league at Whitstable Town. Manager Richard Stiles talks us through what made him want to take over at the Belmont. And it seemed like a, you know, a great opportunity with a club that's you know, really looking to to progress and really looking to um, do things right, like I say, on and off the pitch. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Ken Only Podcast, sponsored by our good friends Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. You know, I heard on the radio the other day that now is the perfect time to make sure that your heating is in working order. So give it a check and if you've got any issues, and I'm sure Nick is your man. Uh, we've got a packed week of action up and down the pyramid and after last week's three C's, this week we've gone WWE with our interviews. No, we've not got Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, they're still the current ones, yeah? Uh, but instead we've got three really good chats from across the county. I'm John Phipps, I'm trying something funky with the editing this week, so fingers crossed that's going to work. Another line now, literally a phone line, live from the southwest of England, it's my good friend Matthew Gerrard. How are you? How's the holiday? And has the weather been as bad there as it has been here today? To be fair, the weather, the weekend, was unbelievable. We got here Saturday, silly o'clock, we left at silly o'clock, and it was absolutely boiling on the Saturday. Sunday was good as well, night down the beach. Monday was so good. Yesterday was appalling, but today has been really good. So um, uh, we taught the dog how to swim today, so that's a bit of an excitement part of the day. But apparently where you are, Wednesday, it's been like um, Armageddon, isn't it, down there? Yeah, your dog could have been swimming along the streets here, I tell you. All right, I did say about that. But yeah, but it was been, it's been lovely. And, and I think the next two days is going to be nice here as well. So um, to be fair, we've been to Cornwall, probably the, the best weather we've had. We've been numerous times to Cornwall, has been this week, so um, it, it's been pretty good. But I did see, when I saw the cricket in London, that it was cooled off because it was from there, the weather was going to be bad. But no, it's been, um, yeah, a nice break. Um, I say, teaching the dog to swim was a bit of excitement. So, um, and, and, well, I haven't really seen much football, but, or see about it, but that's why you listen to the Kenton League podcast if you don't know much about what's been going on in the Kenton scene, including one of the hosts today. Um, uh, it's a way to listen in, but you, of course, you're the man with the... Uh, Finger on the pulse, as they say. Well, let's hope so. I, I Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Um, are you feeling relaxed? That's the most important thing. Yeah, I've still got another week off work after this. So um, Get you. next week at home, we've uh, got loads on. Just the various, you know, ticking boxes with cars and dentists, dentists again. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's nice. I don't go back till after the bank holiday. Which is, you think about it now, it seems a long way away. So uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to relax and then... And it's been the kids are back to school after that week as well, so it's just sort of get the uh, get us out of the way. But yeah, it's nice and relaxing. In a we was in a caravan, so um, yeah, it's enjoyable eating eating well, and uh, yeah, it's nice to get away for for, for a few weeks. Anyway, I'll go for a week at least. Anyway. It's our 221st episode this week, and as soon as I started typing that in, the letter B was added and Baker Street was referenced. Yes, of course, the home of Sherlock Holmes. But I am going to impart some knowledge here, proper trivia. Sherlock apparently retired to a village just a few miles away from my house here in Eastbourne. And if you ever take the open top sightseeing bus in Eastbourne, which I highly recommend, uh, one of the stops is a lovely quaint village called East Dean. 
and one of the houses there has a blue plaque on it claiming to be Sherlock's retirement gaff. I mean, he's obviously not really lived there because he's not real, but I suppose we can let them have that blue plaque, can't we? Well, I do. Sherlock Holmes was on the telly with um, Freeman and Cumberbatch. Was an excellent program, but even my wife likes the one with Jeremy Brett that shows our age from there. But I didn't know. I, 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 I doesn't he kill old Moriarty at the end? Throw him off a, a waterfall. Don't I? Not my bad. Have you, have you read it? But I was a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. I thought he was from there, but um, I didn't know he actually retired. I thought he died from a. Um, what was it? What was, what was he like? He liked that drug. What did he like? Uh, opium. Opium, wasn't it? Yeah. So. I thought maybe that's uh, that killed him. I suppose he didn't know he retired Banner Eastbourne. That's or near Eastbourne. That's quite impressive. So it was who's the author? uh, Who wrote Sherlock Holmes? It was Arthur Conan Doyle. That's it. That's it. Arthur Conan Doyle. That's got to be in a quiz question. Did did Arthur Conan? A bit like um, Agatha Christie. Did Arthur Conan Doyle have anybody else? Did he have? Another thing, or does it basically he lived out on Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, I, 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 I was a literature king. You would do, wouldn't Google you? Google Arthur Conan Doyle now, that's a bit of a thing. Did he do anything else apart from Sherlock? Well, we'll, we'll have to look that up for next week. That and can be your why homework. Why Sherlock Holmes such. Why was it, well, famous? You know, there might have been other um, people who fight, fighting crime, but there you go. But it's, yeah, I think. Was it J.K. Rowling of his time, Arthur Conan Doyle? We don't, people don't like Rowling, J.K. Rowling anymore, do they? But that's another story. On with the show then, let's start in the National League South. And you wouldn't need to be Sherlock Holmes, just see what I did there, uh, to work out that Ebbsfleet are one of the teams to beat in that division. And they've shown their mettle twice this week with a pair of dramatic 3-2 away wins. Uh, the first one down at Weymouth, and then on Tuesday night, won an absolute thriller down here at Eastbourne. Fleet trailed 2-1 and used all of their subs when goalkeeper Chris Haig was injured, potentially seriously, as he went for a ball on the halfway line after a fleet attack broke down. Ben Chapman winning goal, but undeterred fleet continued to push forward, and Chris Solly popped up to level before Luke O'Neill headed in from a corner to make it three wins out of three for fleet. After the game, I spoke to the match winner, fleet defender Luke O'Neill. We, we were confident that we were going to get a result out of the game. Like I said before, um, I, I believe in everyone that's on the pitch, even if we're on our off day, I think we're fitter than every team in the league, and... Um, yeah, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and, and believing and believing ourselves. It's manager's philosophy, isn't it? Because a lot of teams, if they were down to ten men, outfield player in goal, centre backs not popping up and scoring from close yeah. range in open play, is it? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that just shows what the gaffer wants us to do, and um, I think we, we we show out there and we just believe in ourselves. You're, you're obviously, you know, you say you're fit, you're, you're full time. How much does that help when 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 you're in a battle like it was tonight? Yeah, massively. I think you can see. Um, <laughs> Late on games that um, you're playing against teams that, that are probably not full time, they, they they tend to blow up, um, and that's all we just have to push on and and just show our fitness and our quality. You're obviously one of the title favourites, if not the title favourites. Is that a tag that you all welcome in the dressing room? You, you know that you're here to, to try and win this league. We just got to be honest. We don't we're not thinking about it. Minute we just want to win every game. Um, we're going into every game thinking we can win it, and and yeah, just see where it takes us. What's it like when you're out playing in a game like that? Do you know that it's a really good game to be involved in or are you just completely fully focused? Yeah, fully focused, but I love it. I thrive off it. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm buzzing. I'm just buzzing. We've got the three points. Obviously, um, a lot of changes. There's a lot of depth. As a player, how does that make you feel to know that you know there's so many good players waiting to come in and, and take your place? Yeah, no, it's great competition. We've got a big squad and 
uh, it's, yeah, it's good, good competition and it keeps everyone on their toes. Club's obviously got big ambitions and talking about a new stadium and everything like that. Is that something that gets sold to you when you're looking to come into this club? Um, yeah, it does, but to be honest, I'm not. I just want to concentrate on my football and enjoy it, you know. Um, I've been in the league for most of my career and um, I dropped down because I believe, obviously, with the conversation I had with the manager, uh, what he wanted to do. And I knew a few of the boys here anyway and I know the quality they can they can display so um, no I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my time here and hopefully we can keep um, keep doing well Do you think that these leagues are getting stronger and stronger because players like yourself are coming to play in them? Yeah no definitely um, it's a good quality you know um, it's not a no disrespect it's not a league that we want to stay in and hopefully we can kick on And um, but yeah no there's, there's good players in this league uh, Farnborough on Saturday, they've just got their first win, newly promoted. You can't turn up and expect that to be an easy one, can you? No, we, we don't We don't think any game's going to be easy. You know, we, we put a shift in and um, we just got to be on our game um, until the final whistle. And obviously a great header at the end. And even though they turn the lights out, your fans are absolutely superb, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're brilliant. They travel in numbers, you know, and... Um, I'm so pleased for them that we got the three points and they can go home happy. Well, some brilliant entertainment, that one, Matt. And as I said there, what other teams are having a centre-back score from open play when they're down to 10 men? Focused, absolutely. You know, that last season when they really should have got up and missed out to Dorkin, you always think, well, there'll be a, you know, a hangover from that. But clearly not. And early doors, you know, three games in, you're thinking it's absolutely... And maybe have it at the two teams at the top of the table. People think with the biggest budgets, solid standard teams, uh, same sort of players the last year, going to go and do it. Fair play to Epstein. Why was it Cousins in goal? Was he injured or was he? I know the keeper rests from the keeper now and again, doesn't he? I think Haig is, has been pretty much first choice. I, I, I know they made some changes from the weekend, but hey, uh, I overheard the interview with Dennis Katrieve that he gave to the club and he said, you know, Haig's had such a good pre season and he's been in and around the team and then. Uh, goes and picks up that injury, and you know, it, nasty one. yeah, it, it looked really bad. I mean, he was down for ages, and he tried to get up and go back towards his goal, and and he got towards the edge of the penalty area and just had to give up and 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 go off, and and you know, it was it was a fifty fifty challenge. And my, my thing about it is, if the referee had decided that Hague had committed the foul, then without a shadow of a doubt, Hague was sent off. So why is it that because it's the other way round, the player gets away with the yellow card? Well, they brought Cousins in as the keeper and he's quality for Bromley and Dagenham. So I'm surprised he wasn't the number one. And I know he's mixed between the goalkeepers, Dennis. But it probably shows the quality of the squad that Epsley have got at this level. Um, 2-1 down, coming back to win, 10 men, the character of the team. They've got players who shouldn't be playing at that level. They should be playing at a level above. Um and like your man in the interview there, no, and he's, he, he's, he's played league football and he's come down there probably because he can see what Epsley are trying to do with the new stadium and things like that. And maybe this is going to be their year. Uh, we've criticised them before when they've gone to places like Eastbourne and, you know, gone 2-1 down and they couldn't force the thing. But maybe, probably, did you see, have they got that extra quality now? Or Eastbourne, they lost 4-3 at the weekend. So defensively, they may be a little bit shaky. Um, but did you think that Epsley looked aside? I know you've seen them before over the last couple of years and you thought they, they were a pretty good side. Is this the year for them? I, I thought they were excellent uh, on Tuesday night, I must admit. I thought they played really, really well. Um, I mean, they, they lost Finney early to injury and they kind of went from a four at the back to a three at the back. 
Uh, and despite that, the, the two who were the, on either side of Solly were still bombing forward at every opportunity. And, and I think what I like about them is they don't give up on their principles. You know, they're going to play football the right way. Even when they were getting desperate, you know, Raheem Bingham was on and they were trying to find a way to, to get back into the game. But they never, ever went back on their on the way they want to play football. And, and I think that's full credit to the manager who has got that team playing in exactly the way he wants to do. And I think, you know, for me, they are the favourites now. Um, spoke to a few people last night who said, you know, this is looking pretty good. Some uh, Someone said to me they'd seen Dartford and they, and they weren't that impressed by them. So, you know, they're the team to beat for me. But what impressed me was they never panicked. They never looked like they were worrying about anything. They just kept plugging away, kept going the same way as uh, as always. And they got their reward in the end. You know, I think bringing Craig Tanner on made a difference. Such a key player for them. Obviously, he had a big impact on Saturday as well. Uh, but I just think they're, a, you know, they're, they're such a good side. And seven changes they made for that game on Tuesday night down at Eastbourne. And, and this, but the team that they put out was still incredibly strong. So that goes to show just how good they are. And, and you know, they've got, Almost every single one of those players who started that game on Tuesday night looked the part, and, and that's all you can ask for, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think they'll be disappointed if they're not top two this season. I, I think they've learned their mistakes from the previous year. Dennis Katrib, clearly you know, an excellent manager. Um, he's got players believing in the methods as well. So I know it's only three games gone, and three games have gone... Last season, we were saying Darford are going to win the league and a long way to go. But I think you've got to say, Ebsley have got to be seen as the favourites. They score goals. And if they've taken that extra, that little bit of now some of the experienced players who've you know seen it and done it at a higher level, that could add to that little bit of quality to go through. So, um, yeah, I, you know, a couple of weeks, I think they've, they've played over in a couple of weeks. And I'll see them and probably in... Um, in their full glory there, but I think it could be a difficult afternoon for Toby that afternoon. So um, yeah, I'm expecting Epstein to be up there. As we thought, as we thought, um, three wins out of three, two away from home. Difficult cases to go Eastbourne and Weymouth. You've got you've got to think they're in for a good season. It's and I think um, you speak to any other manager in this division, they're going to say that Epstein the team to beat. Yeah, I think I think they are the, the team to beat. And as I say, I, th- I thought they played really well. They- Lots of players that I hadn't seen before and, and I thought every single one of them looked the part. So uh, very well done to Ebsfleet and long may it continue. Farnborough at home uh, for them on Saturday. Uh, another side who won on Tuesday night were Welling United, having lost their first home game of the season to Worthing on Saturday. The Wings hit back with a success at home to Chessant to get their first victory of the campaign. Before that game, I spoke to Welling chairman Paul Whitehead, who has now got his feet firmly under the table at Parkview Road. It's been hard work, mate, I've got to say. Um... It's, it's only been what seven weeks. Uh, I, I, I didn't really. I don't think anybody's realised exactly what what we'd have to do. I mean, we had the league and the council round, and we've had to do um, you know repairs and get the ground right. Um, the, the ground wasn't really fit enough to play, uh, but we've we've managed to get it to get it there. Um, we, we've got we've got more work to do, of course, but uh, we're getting there. I suppose one of the things was the pitch because you had a lot of problems with the pitch last season, didn't you? Probably, I think, I think I've, I've, I've said before, it's probably the worst pitch in the league. Um, it's, it's, had, it's had a couple of years where it's not been looked after very well. I mean, back in the Hobbits days, it was it was looked after very well uh, by Barry. But we've, uh, I, I just think that it's just a, just a general lack of investment around the place that, that's, that caused the problems. The pitch is the same as the stands. 
you know, you've got to keep, when, when these old grounds, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to look after them, and, and you've got to look after your pitch. And you just, and I just think, you know, maybe maybe the lack of lack of rain and water in, the, in, in recent in recent years, perhaps maybe made it, it's, 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 it's uh, made it worse. But yeah, it's, all, it's we, we've invested a lot of money into it, and it's okay. Now. <laughs> we had a few problems with foxes, which, which again, which is, it's difficult to uh, to foresee these things, in place, especially what happens a day before games. But you know, we've, we've got there. We've got there. It's it's ninety nine percent of it's, it's, in, it's in fantastic condition. You talk about that. You just mentioned about how we've had a lack of rain. Everything. Obviously, we're under drought conditions at the moment. What, what impact is that having on on football clubs? Uh, well, I, I believe as a business, we're allowed to carry on as normal. Um, you know, it just just means we just means we're, uh, we have to put more water on it. Uh, obviously, at more cost. We've uh, we've recently had uh, two massive tanks installed at the ground, which which allows us to uh, an, an irrigation system, which has allowed us to, to, to sort the pitch out. Because if we haven't had that, to be fair, we'd have we'd have, we'd have been uh, in a bit of trouble because under under our previous irrigation system, it, it was like it needed twenty four hour care. Just, just you know, to get the sprinklers to cover all the pitch, but with with this new system we put in, uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's hundred times better, and it's, and it's it's well, the proof's in the pudding. You can see, you can see by looking at it, it's it's far far better. Moving away from the pitch, <laughs> moving away from the pitch, everything at the club seems to be moving in the right direction, both on and off the pitch. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've, so we've 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 increased the budget. Um, the team's still new. I mean, the, the the result on Saturday wasn't great, but the performances, two performances have been uh, far better than previous previous years. And I think when the players, we've only played two competitive games together. Uh, you know, when the when they start gelling, I think I think we'll, we'll see we'll see a, we'll see a you know a top a top of the ta- top top half of the table, should I say, uh, team. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty confident on that. They've, they've, we've got a good set of players, good management team. I think we'll be okay this season. What were the biggest challenges that you faced when you sort of came in? Because obviously, the last couple of years there's been a lot of chopping and changing in managerial and everything like that. And, and I guess that there wasn't the feel good factor around Welling. And I, I guess bringing that back was one of your biggest challenges. Yeah, no, there weren't. There weren't a good feel factor about the place. In fact, in fact, quite the opposite. Uh, a lot of negativity around. Uh, and yeah, and a lot of it's you know, I mean, every, every season it's, it's chop and change. Every every season's been a new manager, new players. Uh, I think the first thing we've got to do is we've got to get a we've got to get a squad together and try and try and build for 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 a, a couple of seasons. You know, look 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 to look forward, uh, and not keep starting again every season. Um, we've made some changes, you know, around the around the place off off the pitch as well, which is again. And we've, we've increased communication between between the club and the, and the supporters, and I think that's 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 increased, that's that's improved the the, the, the feel good factor, if you like, uh, and it's, it's certainly evident uh, on Saturday. There's a lot a lot of lot of good comments. It wasn't perfect on Saturday, but we still we still we still got things to do. We're not we're not quite there yet, but it's a lot of you know, people saw the improvements and they were yeah they were they were for the, for the most part happy with what what they saw and the feedback we've received. And it was one of the biggest crowds in the division on Saturday as well, wasn't it? So that's got to be a boost for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, think, I, I said, I said uh, before the game. I said I think last few seasons. I mean, traditionally we've, we've uh, Welling have always had a, a pretty poor crowd. The first game of the season. I don't know if that's the same across non-league. Um, I think people are holding. Um, and so we've, I think we've got four hundred, about four forty last season. 
I, think, I don't know about before the COVID, but I think it's been traditionally a poor, a poor gate the first couple of games. So to get over 800 was 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 really really good, especially being there with the trade strike. I was talking to the uh, Worthing uh, owners and directors, and they said that they would have probably bought double the amount that they brought if, if there had been no trade strike, and they didn't have a coach or either. So you know, it was a, it was a really good turnout from from our fans. And what's the what's the aim for the season? You kind of say you just want to get yourselves into the top half and then go from there, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much that. I mean, it's, it's about it's about getting off on the right foot first season, and, and then you know, just just building for the future. And if we we've been the last few seasons, we've been hovering around the relegation places, and with four going down this season, I think it's potentially four going down this season, we, we don't want to be we don't want to be anywhere near that. I I I, I can't put up with it. The, the pressure is straight up being down the bottom again. Uh, it's so. You know, if we can just get get around mid table, maybe in the top half, which I think the squad can do and, and consolidate, and then let's let's have a look, let's have a look at next season. Because obviously we've got big big plans for the club, but if we can, you know, with with the, with the help of the council uh, and their backing regarding you know improvements we want to make, then we you know uh, we can we can we can push on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that's the plan this season. Don't get relegated. Mid table would would do for me personally. Uh, if we get the top half. There's always a chance of, you know, if, you, if you're in the top half, you, you, you've always you can, you're always looking up at the playoffs rather than down at the you know the relegation places, and that's what we want to be doing, looking up rather than down. I think that's the thing, Matt and I have said before. You know that for, for us, Welling have always been one of the biggest clubs in, in non-league in our area. Traditionally, a, a national league or na- no lower than national league. It was unthinkable that the club might actually drop out of the national leagues into, back into the Eastman League. And I guess that's one of your things is you, you've got to. Get, keep the good traditions of this club going. Without, without a doubt. I mean, when I when growing up, even though I grew up in Yorkshire, Welling United was always uh, from a non-league. You know, when, it's, when the FA Cup came round, you, you always saw Welling United's name, you know, around the first round. Obviously, the famous to got to the third round uh, in the eighties. But uh, you know, it's, yeah, going down to going down another level would have been an absolute disaster. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. Since obviously since they've since they've uh, progressed from uh, 1963, they've always it's always been a, an uphill trajectory. Um, apart from obviously the, the the relegation from the national, but you know it's all they've never they've never really gone any further back than the south since they got there the first time. So you know going down would have been a disaster, and you know that and that's not an easy league to get out of. So we managed to we managed we we, we sort of came in with the, the, the towards the end of last season we. we uh, we invest a little bit into the into the squad, not a massive amount, but with the manager was the, was the key. Um, he came along and, and managed to change that sort of losing mentality we had, uh, and, and he, he turned us round and, and we did it. And I've got to be honest with you, I didn't think we would uh, at one point. I was I was looking, <laughs> I was fearing the worst, but uh, we did it with a game of spare, um, and again that's down to that's down to the management. Uh, and just finally on Warren, actually, I mean, not a well-trodden pass from Hungary to, to Welling, but you obviously saw something in him, and so far he's completely backed you up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've said all along, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't me who brought him in, but uh, he, he, you know, he, 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 proved, he proved himself, and he's and I've obviously I've spent a lot of time with him over the last, uh, what's this been there, last few months, and yeah, yeah. I just, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a very good manager, very, very good manager, uh, and I guess. Has a lot of respect from the players, um, and, I, and you know he, he, he's, he's got some decent performances out of him since he's been there. Uh, and, and, and they're getting better. The players are getting better. They're getting fitter. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, 
he's, he's, he's doing okay for, uh, and I, I think I think he'll uh, he'll continue to do so. Well, a new era at the club, Matt. It's, it's not been the easiest start to them on the pitch, but he certainly has got the best interest of the club at heart, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think uh, the stuff they're doing again behind the scenes, the, the social media, there seems to be a bit of a, a spark there. Welling can have a better season than last season. I think they've got a decent manager. If you look at Warren Feeney, he's been successful where he's been. He, he's managed in the Football League, been a bit unlucky in a couple of jobs, but I think... Um, they're there. The players they've brought this season, they're players that were successful with Dartford last season. He's got some good contacts. Difficult start, but maybe probably because they've got to bed some players in. A win against Chesham will give them a little bit of confidence going forward. But as we said before, well in. There's no reason why they can't be looking for the playoffs once they, once they gel. Because they've got players who are going to know this level and have been successful at this level. I think what I liked there as well was, you know, I started the conversation by saying how's everything going and one of the first things he wanted to talk about was the pitch and that says to me that he knows that they can't just chuck money at the team and expect it to do well. They've got to do everything alongside it and, and as I said to him there, brilliant attendance for them on Saturday, Eight more than 800 people, one of the biggest attendances in the division, much higher than Dover for example and I think that shows that, that there is still that desire and passion there and, and again as we said on this show, as I just said to him there, Welling are a club who belong in the upper echelons of non-league football and it would have been unthinkable if they had dropped into the Isthmian League. They haven't. This is their chance. He's saying they want to just stabilise this season and really push for promotion next year but I get the feeling that, they, that they're aiming high and, and, and there's no reason why they can't. No, I think in all my time of sporting football, Welling have always been a, 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 either you know, a conference side or a National League South. I can't remember them being in a it's me and vision at all the time I've been to I mean, last season was a disaster from what I saw them a couple of times. I thought they would have looked a decent team, to be fair. Um, Feeney's come in, again, a new owner, new board, new broom at Welling. And he said, again, a decent surface. I think Warren Feeney, again, he's a manager who wants to play the right way. And if he can continue to do that with the players he's got, why not? You know, we've seen sides who start the season slowly growing confidence throughout the season and looking at the players they've got you expect them to be up there I think I think I've looked at the National League seven sides haven't won a game this season so I don't know if that shows the standard of the quality in the division or not but getting points on the board is absolutely crucial and gives you a little bit of confidence and I'm sure Welling you know with the likes of Aziz Tariq Hyde the players they had last season they could be they'd be challenging those players haven't come to, fi to finish building the table I would have thought they've been um They've been offered something by Welling, to, and Welling, they've got to repay Welling with that with the success they're going to have. So, I think for our Kent sides, it's been a semi-half decent start to the National League South for all of them. Elsewhere in National League South, there are wins for Dartford and Dover on Saturday as they beat Chesson and Hungerford respectively. But they both lost two one at home on Tuesday night with the Darts losing to Haven or Tumuville. While the Whites were beaten by Kent's other National League South representatives, Tumbridge Angels, who only on seven points from their first three games, having played all of those fixtures away from home. A great start for Jay Saunders there. This weekend, Leaders Fleet hosts Farnborough, as we've already heard. Dover travel to Hamlet or Toulouville. Welling are at Hemel Hempstead. Dartford make the long trip west to face Taunton, whose only point to date came against the Wings on the opening day. And Hampton Richmond Borough are the first visitors to play on Tombridge Angels' brand new pitch at Longmead. 
Bromley grabbed their first win of the National League season on Tuesday as they beat Torquay United 1-0, having been held to a goalless draw by Auchingham on Saturday. Mason also have four points. They came from behind to beat York City on Saturday before a 4-2 loss at home to Dorking Wanderers on Tuesday night. This weekend, Bromley go to Aldershot, while Maidstone make the long trip to face Wrexham. Let's move down to the Eastman League Premier Division, where Herne Bay and Margate both recorded away wins on Tuesday night, their first wins of the season. Uh, folks from Victor drew their second game in a row as they were held at home by newly promoted Hastings United. Uh, Cray Wanderers do 2-2 with Bognor Regis on Wednesday. Their first point, but I'm guessing they're going to be pretty disappointed uh, to have let a two-goal lead slip in that one. But a good start uh, for those teams. Into the Eastman League South East next, and top billing goes to Beckenham after a pair of 3-2 wins, which have put them top of the early table. One of only two sides with two wins from two. They first won at Lansing on Saturday, before seeing off Corinthian on Tuesday night. Corinthian and Faversham at the other end of the table, the only ones of our sides who have lost both of their games. While a standard result from Saturday's fixtures was a 3-0 win for Ramsgate over Cray Valley. Ramsgate were then held at Sittingbourne while Cray Valley got off and running themselves with a Tuesday night win over East Grinstead. Four of our teams have only played once though with Hyde against Sheppey called off on Tuesday due to the Ites FA Cup replay which they won 6-0 against Athletic Newham and Ashford against Seven Oaks also postponed quite late in the day that one due to a lack of certificate for the Homelands 3G surface. At the club are hoping that will be fixed this week. Apparently Covid causing a lot of the companies who can certify these pitches uh, to, to go bust and they're leaving a bit of a, a bit of a struggle and with more and more of these 3G pitches we wonder if this may be a, a continuing concern. I just leaves with a scaffold then where one of the big games on Saturday came as Richard Stiles took his Witzeltown side to former club Tunbridge Wells. It was a happy return for Stiles as his new charges made it two wins out of two in the league with a 2-0 success and with no game this midweek or the weekend for that matter I spoke to the Witzeltown boss on Monday. Yeah absolutely it's um it's a good start. Um, you know, we're of course very happy with that. Um, happy with the performance levels as well, and also that you know the fact that we kept two clean sheets. I'm also very pleased as well because that's something we've we've really focused on. Um, you know, since we've been in in with the players. So yeah, really pleased with that. Obviously, it's been, you've brought players with you from from Tunbridge Wells, but you've also got the players that were there as well. You seem to have gelled them together quite quickly. Yeah, I mean we. Um, I had a good knowledge of, of before we took the job. I had a, I had a good knowledge of players that had been there last year, um, in terms of the ones that have been there for a long time, etc. Et um, and we took myself and Dan and pretty much highlighted which ones we we wanted to keep and which ones we wanted to keep around, and um, felt could bring success. Is of course what we're looking for. Um, so yeah, we managed to do that. And then obviously there was boys um, that we were already working with that we felt could come over and do a job also and give us what we want. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, it's, um, it's, it's strange. New teams being together and, you know, other teams in the league being new together. But, you know, we've only been together nine weeks. Um, and um, But it's, um, yeah, it's gone really well. And um, there's a real, I mean, the last, you look at the last three games, the, the togetherness and the uh, work ethic within the group is um, is tremendous, as well as the atmosphere within the changing rooms and, um, just the general atmosphere within the environment, we're really, uh, yeah, really pleased with it. What was it about Whitstable that made you think that was the right club for you? Um, well, after we spoke to people at the club, um, you know, me and Dan took a couple of days to sort of mull it over and have a think and, and see what we wanted to do, really. Um, I wasn't overly looking to leave Tunbridge Wells at the time. Um, but yeah, like I said, we, we spoke to Steve, the chairman, um, and, and the committee, a vision, and 
everything they wanted to do at the club, both on and off the pitch. Um, and it seemed like a, you know, a great opportunity with a club that's, you know, really looking to to progress and really looking to um, do things right. Like I say, on and off the pitch, you know, the the new pitch that's going down and the, I mean, the Belmont's going to be a completely different stadium to the one that everyone else knows. Um, it was, you know, really, really exciting. And at the same, added to that, it's closer to home. So um, you know, we, we weighed up the pros and cons like we always do, and it was. Um, yeah, we, we decided to sort of have a go and, and we accepted. And um, I mean, Whitstall was a big club. It's, it was, um, you know, it's an Ishmael club. It's a club that you, you think are an Ishmael club. And, you know, obviously they what they had last year, but um, the, the size of the club and the people around it and the volunteers and, you know, the, the people within the club that you only realise are there once you're in and around it is um, is really good, really, really good. So, um yeah, like I say, we're pleased and, you know, we're still learning bits of the club, etc. But um, what we've seen so far and what we're seeing happening so far is, um, is certainly really positive. And I guess one thing that you must be desperate to do is, is actually get and play a game with the Belmont. How's it all going with, with the new pitch? Yeah, I mean, we, like I say, we haven't been at home yet. And we've had, I say about the group being close together and this and that, but we haven't been at home yet. We've, um, you know, pre-season we've managed to structure away. Um, every game we played is away. Um, and that probably makes it even more valuable that we managed to get six out of six because you know they've been two tough away games that we've had um you know we're itching to to get on the Belmont I know a few players keep um turning up at the ground just to have a look and have a walk around and then see how it's all coming on so the boys are really excited about it um from from you know my head from myself and Dan and the coaching staff that we've got we can't wait because you know we've never been in a position where we've been able to train our home ground and have a have a base and have a home hub really where we can you know, leave stuff there and then and, and use it to our advantage. And um, that's certainly something we're looking forward to doing, actually, you know, where we can, you know, rock up on a Tuesday, on a Thursday and train on our pitch and, you know, paint pictures and look at bits and pieces that we're trying to look at. And then, you know, we're going to go and do that on the Saturday on the same pitch. Um, I think that will stand the players in good stead going forwards. Obviously, on, on Saturday, just gone, the fixture computer playing playing games and sending you to Tunbridge Wells early on. You, you must be pleased to, I suppose, get that one out of the way, but also to get three points from it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it's one of them. You always think you're going to, you know, you always think you're going to get them first or so it's the first game. Um, but, you know, this year, obviously, it happens to be the second one. Um, yeah, you like, you have to prepare yourself as it's another game and you go and, and do your thing. You know, set yourselves up and, and do all you can to go and win the game. Um, as, I've, as I've said before last week, there's some, there's some great people at Tunbridge Wells um, who obviously I saw on Saturday. And, you know, my opinion and, and thoughts about the club will never change. Um, but at the same time, you know, for at three o'clock on Saturday, I wanted to win that game. And Tunbridge Wells were no different. They wanted to win the game and beat me as much as I wanted to beat them. So it's, um, yeah, like I say, pleasing to get there and get the result. Um, pleased with the performance, pleased with um, a number of aspects of the game and, and performances from the players. And um, yeah, like I said, two and a win away there is um, certainly very pleasing. I suppose the frustrating thing for you now is you, you've got a couple of weeks before your next league game and the chance to make it three out of three. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that old trusted fixture computer, like you said about. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, we would have liked to game on Saturday um, to strike with our momentum. But, you know, at the same time, allows us to get in and go to work, you know, like we have done throughout pre-season and, um, and work on things ahead of, ahead of the Canterbury game and ahead of the Vars game. So any, any situation we're putting, we always use to our advantage. And, um, 
you know, that's that's what we tried to do all pre-season, really, with the structure in place and the sessions that we've done. Um, so, yeah, like I say, there is a plan in place. And, um, yeah, the boys will be in working this week and full focus on to the next one, really. So you've been around the scaffold for, for several years now. It looks to me like this is a, this is a strong league. I've got the league table in front of me. There's a couple of teams no one thought would, would start as well as they have done. And I think that there's not going to be many weak teams in this league by the looks of it. No, and no, no fixture's easy. Like, there is no easy fixture in this league. Like, you know, years ago when I played in it, you could pretty much highlight a couple of teams and be like, yeah, we'll win that, we'll win that. It's a lot different now, and it's not like that because every team you come up against will compete. Every team will come up against, you know, whether they're top of the league, bottom of the league, can slip up or, you know, have the game of their lives and win. Um, and, yeah, it's incredibly difficult. So, um, you know, and then obviously, I mean, Chatham and Sheffield last year with, the, with, you know, the money that they were paying and throwing and players they were bringing down, you know, it was you know, guaranteed pretty much that them two were going to go and, and come out of the league. And really, I think that's done everyone else a favour because... A lot of other teams have obviously in the summer have looked at that and gone, oh yeah, we'll have a little go and obviously some have come out in the past and, and whatever. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, we, we just take it game by game in terms of from us. We know what we want to achieve. We know what we're working towards. Um, we know what we're capable of. Um, and then at the same time, you know, along, along the way, you nick results and, and go from there. Um, at the start of the season, it's about having a good start. And, you know, last season we didn't have that. You know, we lost the first game. Um, we then lost the FA Cup game. We then drew the third game. So we're three games in without a win. And it, it, it becomes difficult because your desperation trying to get that win, that first win, is, is gets more and more of every game you have. Um, so to win the first one away at Fisher, which is, you know, a fixture that ultimately no one in Kent wants to go to, um, and then to go away to Tunbridge Wells. Um, you know, and to get another three points really, you know, has set us up really nicely going into it. Um, of course, listen, we're talking about two games, so it's not, it's not a lot. And, you know, there's so many more twists and turns and points to be played for, but you can only do what you can do. And at the moment, you know, we've only been able to play for six points and we've managed to get six points. So, um, so yeah, really thrilled with the start and um, getting points on the board is the, is the key thing. You've said already Whitsville is an Isthmian League club, so I'm guessing that's the, the, the thing you've been told to, to do, is make them an Isthmian club again. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the club ultimately don't want to um, stagnate. They don't want to drop down and, and stay down. Uh, but at the same time, of course, they realise that the level of, of competition we're in within the scaffold is probably the hardest league you know, within the country to get out of. And that's been well documented. Um, you know, we're like no others. In turn, no, we're no different to any others who, you know, ultimately want to get us out um, you know I think the setup we've got off the pitch I think the staff that we've got I think the players that we've got and the things that we're working on will allow us an opportunity to, to compete and do that you know players that we brought in we, we ultimately feel can win the league are good enough to win the league and have got quality in the changing room on the pitch at the training grounds to deliver that and that's um, yeah and, that, and that's it really and we're going to work with that um, a lot of work's gone in, you know, with our setup off the pitch, and we, you know, myself and Dan are really pleased with what we've got from that, and I think the players are realising that and taking that on board as well. And it's, um, yeah, it's like I say, it's um, it's really exciting at the moment, and, and saying that we're really enjoying being part of um, this journey. And um, yeah, it, of course, we want to be in that promotion place come the end of the season.
Well, I always enjoy talking to Richard Styles, Matt, and he's got lots to be happy about with that start to the season, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I tipped him to win the league, didn't I, at the start? Um, I think they had a disappointing run in the, cup, in the cup. They went out pretty early doors, but going to his old club, which, you know, he was very complimentary about his old club from there. But I think he would have gone there thinking, right, I've got to show them what we can achieve after they underachieve. So I think it's a decent result for Whitstable. I'm sure Whitstable uh, will be pleased with that. And I think Richard Styles has got a bit to prove. I said earlier in the, in the pods this season that he's underachieved at... Uh, at Sunbridge now he's witched the ball once they get the 3G surface in I still think there's a bit of side to beat in the, in the scaffold yeah I think that was a that was a big win for them I mean I, you tipped Whitstable I tipped Tunbridge Wells but we're set here now uh, three games in and Tunbridge Wells have lost all three of their league games but I still think that was a tough place to go for Whitstable uh, obviously there was all the hullabaloo as well that surrounded Richard Styles going back there and I think to go there and, and get that result is is, is a, setting a real marker for them and, and you know as he said there, they're gagging to get home and, and play there. The players are going down there and looking at the at the ground to, to get everything going. And they're all itching to go. I think it's still 17 more days. So it's exciting times for which obviously the disappointment of relegation. But it's, it seems to me like Richard Stiles is a, is a good appointment for them. Yeah, I, I think it is. They needed somebody who knows that level. Um, he's been successful at this level before. Whitstable is a big club. They should not be playing in the scaffold. We've seen clubs like Sheppey and Chatham play, or Chatham particularly, jumping into the scaffold. It's not easy to get back up. Um, and you've got to have some sort of few years of, not a little bit of discomfort, or rebuilding. Clearly they're doing the rebuilding of, in, of the club in the summer with the 3G, which can be successful. And I think they want to be they want to be at the top of the table to get back straight into the division and play the likes of the, the Herm, well, not the Herm Bays, but the Sittingbournes for next season. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good appointment for Richard Styles. I, I liked how complimentary he was about his old club from there. And he probably could have said, you know, put, not, not saying, right, well, I had a point to prove to do it, but he, he's done that. They've gone there. You, you mentioned that again. We've got a few, few problems with 3G services in the county at the moment, John. Is that, is that right? Well, yeah, we have. So, due to the wonders of, uh, of editing, I've already mentioned what happened at Ashford. But basically what's oh, happened right. at Ashford uh, is that they had to call the game off a few hours before kickoff. Uh, against Seven Oaks because the pitch hasn't got a certificate. Uh, every year these pitches need to have a, a certificate to show that they're still safe. Uh, Ashford's is actually going into its last year of this current pitch, so they'll be ripping that up at the end of the season and putting a new one down. Um, so before it gets clear, it has to get accreditation. I take it with a, sorry for a second. When you does it cost the same amount as it did back in the day, or is it less if you've got the base on these things? That I don't know. I suppose it's all over Ashford then. I, that I genuinely don't know, but it's, it's you know it's an interesting conundrum. And, and what the Ashford chairman Don Crosby has said, you know, is that there's more and more of these pitches springing up, and it seems that there's fewer and fewer of, the, of these companies that can actually accredit the pitches. So we could end up having this sort of situation happen time and time again because obviously all these pitches were laid at a similar time of year. Their accreditations are all due at a similar time of year. So the the, the few people that there are who can actually give these pitches the seal of approval are obviously rushed off their feet at the moment. And it's the school holiday season, isn't it? What do they need to... I don't know, I'd love to know how they accredit. Do they roll a ball on it? Or I presume they've got a... There must be various tests and things. That'd be quite interesting, that. How do you accredit a pitch? Because I'm sure half the pitches... If you, you probably don't get accreditation for grass. I know Coventry have got problems but at the moment. But clearly, with this terrible weather, grass is grass. Do you have to get that approved as well by the league, do you think, or is it just the 3G? I think it's just the 3G. I think that's just the way that it's always been with those. 
Um, oh, right, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And obviously, uh, Herne Bay, have, they're still waiting for theirs to go down to such an extent that their game on the 27th, uh, a week on Saturday, is going to be played at Ramsgate because their pitch still isn't ready. That was held up by the hot weather. Um, you know, so it's 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 a really difficult conundrum. And, and I suppose you, you see all the, the, the positives of the 3G pitches as they go down, but you don't think about this, this sort of bigger picture, I suppose. Well, I, I presume the, the whole point of having a 3G is that it's going to be used seven days a week, so they must be wear and tear on the little on the on the base and things like that. So that's probably why it's got to be approved. I don't know if it has to be approved halfway through the season as well. But again, Oliver Ash is probably the man to ask on this about how it works on a three G service. Um, does it have to be rolled? I presume once you've got it, there's how does the rain? Well, it must be a lot of things that go into it because again, it's an expensive thing. Let's hope they can get this done. For you know, Astrid will be disappointed. First game of the season probably a bit too late. Maybe they could have moved it to 7 Oaks if they knew it was going to be accredited. But I don't know how, you know, on that, maybe there could have been some sort of looking into just switching the fixture if they knew a few days before it wasn't going to go. But maybe Ashford didn't want to do that. No, exactly. If you look at the scaffold, there's been a handful of games uh, in that division tonight. Uh, Russell, top of the table, perfect record. They've beaten Punjab United 5-1 this evening. Uh, really, really impressive start to them. Deal Town, the only other team with nine points from nine. Uh, Irith and Belvedere and the aforementioned Whitstable Town, both 100%, but they've only played two games. The other end of the table, uh, Tunbridge Wells and Lordswood, uh, both have no points so far. They've lost all three of their games. Uh, Hollands and Blair have got two points. Fisher have got one point. Uh, K-Sports, Canterbury City, Irith Town, Punjab United and Kennington have all got three. So plenty going on in the early stages uh, in that division, Matt. And, uh, you know, some... That that result for Rustall tonight is is a real statement. I think you know they they've had a really really good start. They won at Irith Town on Saturday, uh, and then they've gone and, and put five past Punjab, who, who hadn't made a bad start themselves. Rustall, they, they didn't have a how did they do last season? They would struggle a bit, didn't they? Yeah, they they were one of the ones that stayed up on the last day. Last day of the season, so again, you can see it works. You know that little bit of confidence of staying up on the last day. Punjab, we thought could be in for a good season, so. Rustled have actually destroyed them 5-1 tonight, which is a surprising result. Um, yeah, Rustle probably didn't win, if we look back on their records last season, they probably didn't win more than three games. So, I have to say, August has been absolutely fantastic for them. So, yes, maybe we've underestimated them. Did you go, did you go and see them? You didn't see them the last game of the season, was it? No, I went to Lawson's last day of the season. But yeah, I, I Didn't you see? We've Rustle, it, it was, yeah, it was a strange one, that last game. So, fair play to them. So, uh, you know, you know, I say it didn't win many games last season, but August has been fantastic for them so far. Yeah, one of the big games tonight was uh, between two much fancied sides, Phoenix Sports and Glee. Uh, that one finished two uh, two. There's, there's so much going on, so much already, but getting a good start and getting the points on the board uh, is is really really important. And, and you know, well done to all of our teams. You've had a good start, but those who haven't had such a good start, there's still a long way to go. A long way to go, yeah. It's FA Cup action for our scaffold sides who are still in the competition and most of our Premier League South East sides this weekend. Uh, some really mouth-watering ties coming up as well. We've got Beckenham against K-Sports. It's Burgess Hill against Stansfeld. Collierswood against Chatham. Corinthian are at home to Guildford City. Irith Town host Bedfont Sports. Fisher take on Sittingbourne. It's Glebe against Cray Valley PM. Merstham is the destination for Sevenoaks. Punjab United host Westfield. Hyde travel to Rains Park Vale. It's Russell against Ramsgate. Sheppey United are home to New Haven, who beat Canterbury City 10-0 in that replay last week in the end. Uh, Sutton Athletic host Ashford United. Deal Town travel to Three Bridges. 
Tooting and Mitcham is the destination for VC Athletic, and it's an all scaffold tie as Tunbridge Wells meet Phoenix Sports. Winners will find out their opponents in the next round on Monday. As I said, Matt, some mouth-watering ties there. What stands out for you? FA Cup, John. Corinthian against Guildford, interesting game. Beckenham against K-Sports, I think it's an interesting one. You'd have thought Beckenham would be the favourites for that, but K-Sports will try and cause some problems. Sheffield against Newhaven. Tunbridge against Tunbridge Wells v Phoenix Sports. We're guaranteed at least uh, one scaffold win in the first round proper. I'll probably brought a couple more. Glebe against Cray Valley is an interesting one as well. Cray, disappointing start of the season. They when they lost to Ramsgate on the uh, first game of the season. Did they win yesterday? I think they did, didn't they? So Glebe against Cray Valley probably stands out. Cray Valley, good cup side after getting to the uh, Vars final in a couple of years. Interesting game against Glebe. Would you, who would you say was favourite there? Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, they're both clubs that have got a bit of a reputation for, for being fairly big spenders. I think either of them could 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 do well in this competition, get a, a couple more rounds. And I think that's a really tough tie. And I think, you know, you obviously would say Cray Valley, they're, the, they're at the higher level. But Glebe have got that home advantage. So that might just make a difference. And our friends Ruskell against Ramsgate. Ramsgate will be definitely looking for a cup run. I remember when they got to the first round proper under Jim Warder. Must be 15, 16 years ago from there. But we just mentioned about Rustle being a t- team in form. Steve Lovell, I'm sure, will be at the game. Will be next to be at the game today. Maybe a little bit concerned there. But uh, I know Ramsgate haven't conceded any goals in their first two games. But that looks a cracking tie as well, Rustle against Ramsgate. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go to that one on Saturday, Rustle against Ramsgate. I think it's a, a really interesting tie. I want to see how Rustle uh, is shaping up. Obviously, Ramsgate, great start to the season for them with that win over Craig Valley. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one pans out. Yeah, Rustle, they, they play three deals out of normal... No, grass pitch. Pitched, you know. Grass pitch. Grass pitch, yeah, well... That, that's... Looking at it, it's a bit of a banana skin for Ramsgate. Ramsgate will be looking to have a bit of a cup run there. The thing is, they've got some good players in. Steve Lovell, experienced manager, but they won't take anything for granted there. But, yeah, I think looking at that, tied around, John. So that's a good one for our boys. Yeah, it's, it's one of those is this round of the cup. Because you look at some of these teams and... Some of our Ismian Southeast teams have got absolutely nothing to gain from these ties because, uh, particularly, I'm looking at Hythe, Ramsgate, and Ashford, who all go away from home to teams at a lower level. Hythe go to Rains Park Vale, Rustall is a destination for Ramsgate, as we've just said, and Ashford go to Sutton Athletic. And I just look at those ties, and you know, they are proper banana skins. They're the sort of game where you can't afford to switch off. But if you win, no one's going to be saying, oh, weren't they magnificent? It's one of those where you've just got to go and grind out a result, isn't it? Well, I think hey, it's money in the in your back pocket if you get a result. And then you're thinking, we get, get the first round draw, you get somebody, or first qualifying round draw, then you've got a chance of all the other big boys coming in from the, um, well, the Eastman Premier League team comes in, then the National South comes in. So you could get a couple of local derbies. So... And again, I know clubs don't budget for a cup run, but in the back of the mind of owners and things like that, you know, a couple of grand you might win on Saturday, then you're drawn up against another local derby from the same higher up at home, which could have a little bit of interest, could bring some coffers in. So it is important that whatever anybody says, when we got, look, when we talk to people in about November, John, when the season's getting on and budgets will have to be cut, and they'll say we didn't have an FA Cup run, you can see the reason why. So it's very important for our clubs at this level at this time of the season. If you haven't had a good start to the season as well, but you win a couple of games in the in the cup, it could be so important for your confidence. Yeah, absolutely. That just leaves us with the uh, 
Skeffel First Division, where Larkfield and Newhall and Snodland met in the, probably the biggest game of the season so far in that division uh, on Wednesday night. Finished 2-2, uh, which means Larkfield and Newhall the second in the table with seven points, Snodland seventh uh, with four from their three games. Uh, obviously, this league is one of those ones where things are a bit up and down. Forest Hill Park, for example, have only played one game, while others have played three uh, all around them. Your, your mates Lid Town have had a decent start, though, Matt. Two wins for them out of their first three games. They've lost tonight, um, but that's a, a, a solid start for them. And, and this league is... You know, it's, it's still going to be a, a... There's a long way to go, as we've kind of said about everything else, haven't we? Yeah, well, I don't know. My, I think my um, my mate Bradley, I think his wife's just out of birth. So, I don't know if he's playing playing. I don't think he's got on the score sheet unless he scored tonight. Dale Horton seems to be the man who's banging the goals in for them. So, keep an eye on it. But I spoke to my mate, who's his uncle, and he said, yeah, he'll be back banging them in soon. So, yeah, you know, you'd have thought the big game was today. and People would be pleased that there's only a draw in those two and then some of the other clubs can come on the inside. So... Yeah, it's an interesting division, that one. I'm sure there's plenty of goals in that. And I was going to say to you, John, I'll put you on the spot here. Has there been many nil-nils in either division yet so far? Do you know what? There was one tonight. Uh, it was Croydon against Tooting Beck, I believe. Yeah, finished nil-nil. Uh, I believe oh. that's the first one of the season, which is uh, obviously disappointing. Disappointing. If you won nils in the scaffold prem at the weekend, that's not that's well, not what we no, like to see. Well, you know. Defence is on top. We don't want to see that in the scaffold. Oh, we did have Wellington against Phoenix Sports as well, actually, on the thirteenth on Saturday. So yeah, we've had a few uh, a, a few too many. In fact, Croydon have drawn their last two nil nil. And if that doesn't get their membership of the scaffold put into question, then I don't know what will. Exactly. Uh, so, fixtures for, a full programme fixtures in that division on Saturday. Do find the fixtures on scaffold.com, the scaffold website, where you've got all those FA Cup fixtures as well. It should be a cracking weekend. Now, Matt, I won't keep you too much longer because you did just have to genuinely go because your phone switches off at half past ten, you silly old bugger. Right, exactly, mate. That's, um, my phone but, does switch off at half ten, so I don't want any calls after that because I'm normally in my pit by then. So, And I've got to be up early tomorrow because we've got things to do on our house yeah so i just want to talk quickly about something i discovered over the weekend which first of all i discovered um that people film themselves watching football matches which i discovered thanks to a, a manchester united supporter having a breakdown and then that led me down a bit of a wormhole and i found a thing it was an american couple and they listen to music that they've never heard before allegedly and then film their reactions to watching this music and I found one that was recorded about 10 days ago. It had 56,000 views. And apparently, until this time last week, these two people had never, ever heard the song Yellow by Coldplay. What sort of bloody rock have they been living under, firstly? And second of all, who on earth is watching these videos? Well, as parents, people, who, kids who watch anything on YouTube, when I log onto my YouTube account, um, to watch the Premier League on there because it's easier to watch than that. They were staying up to what match of the day, the crap that comes up, you'll be absolutely amazed. Um, I've, I have seen that pop up that people have, um, if you type in, when I type in Bruce Springsteen, because I like Bruce Springsteen, it comes up some teenager listens to Bruce Springsteen for the first time. I'll be amazed. But I think it was a fact that 90% of teenagers watch more streaming than normal channels, John. I know. So, we could we could put us on YouTube, couldn't we? Really? Yeah. We could we could go live on you. We could make because we've got the video as well. If we do it on Teams, yeah. we could actually put it on YouTube. How many listeners could we could get on that? I don't know. Not but... many. I wouldn't have thought. Really looking miserable uh, half the time. But um, yeah, interesting. If um, yeah, well, it's it amazing. Well, the thing is though, fifty six thousand. 
They probably get made, paid money for that, mate. I don't know. So, well, maybe we should put on YouTube, me and you, me dressed as something and you dressed as something one week in the pod. But, yeah. I don't know if, well, clearly, they don't listen to Heart FM. Because I have to, well, on holiday, we have to listen to Heart FM. I'm more of a Radio 2 man. And bloody Coldplay are on every other song. So, to be honest... They can't be listening to that. And the other thing was as well. I saw another. I saw briefly saw another one where they were watching the song "Mamma Mia" by ABBA, right? And the woman actually said to the man, "Oh, you like this band, don't you, ABBA?" And he went, "Yeah, I do." It's like, how can you like ABBA and have never bloody heard "Mamma Mia"? Get a grip, son. Well, I've, 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 I've just played the Millennium Generation, mate. There you go, blame it on them. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we will uh, wrap it up there because obviously Matt is on holiday. It's past his bedtime. It's past my bedtime as well. So we've got to crack on with this. But uh, yeah, Uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Non-League Podcast. I'm at JohnPips81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerald. Someone did point out, Matt, that Leroy Lita, uh, once of the Premier League, played for Margate uh, after his career. Another one, Nicky Shorey, somebody said. Of course, now doing Gilliam's uh, transfer policy... Apparently, he played for Hungerford later in his career. So, wow. we have had players from there. So, there's Leroy Lita, yeah. I do know a few stories about Leroy Lita, but I couldn't tell him on there. There you go. And obviously, Tyro Mings played at that level and the level below when he was at Chippenham, didn't he? So, yes, uh, yes, so yes, plenty so of players have passed by this this level of football. But if you do know of any more, uh, we'd love to hear from them or hear from you to tell us all about them. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks to all of our guests for their time. And thanks, of course, uh, to Matt for giving up his time on his holiday and the rest of the Gerard clan for letting him prattle on about football. And we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. Yeah, normal, normal service will resume next week when I actually can find out some results which some of the stuff I hadn't actually found out but thanks for improving improving my knowledge John <laughs>